I'm Scott Abraham from ABC7 in Washington, D.C. You know who it is. Travis Thomas Experience. This is Eric at home of Yahoo Sports. This is Mitch Tischler. This is Al Galdi, and you're listening to The Big Douglas Show. George Carmi joins the show today. George does great work at SI Now and is the editor of Full Press Coverage Washington. George, thanks for joining us today. How are you? Victory Monday. I'm doing very well, Doug. Thank you for having me. And, uh, you know, Mondays always feel better with a win, you know? Uh, they do. We haven't had many of them recently, but uh, we'll take them. Now, I'm curious, before we start slapping each other's on the back, is this a uh, good thing for Washington, or is Dallas just so horrible? I think it's a combination of the two. I do think uh, Dallas is in shambles right now with the loss of Dak Prescott. Um, Prescott, you know, he kind of gets a bad rap in Washington circles, but he's a great quarterback. Um, he's great at managing the game. Um, he's great at managing what he has. He's great at distributing the ball to his three wide receivers and his um, upcoming tight end, Dalton Schultz. Um, he's a great like pass distributor, so I do think highly of Dak Prescott. Um, the thing is with Dallas, and the thing that is differentiates between them and us, is we actually have a pretty strong culture in regard to our coaching staff. And I know it's kind of hard to say that because Dallas – sorry, Washington isn't necessarily known for that. But um, if you've been keeping tabs over the past week, there's been a lot of things bubbling up in Dallas regard to, um, you know, finger pointing between the players and the coaches, talking bad in social media. You could tell that Dallas is falling apart quickly. You could also tell that um, they're just like they are losing respect for their coach. Um, Conversely, you know, in Washington, we started off, what, one in four. We weren't looking to you great. I'm sorry, one in five, excuse me. We weren't looking to you great. And we had – not a lot to kind of cheer for and support. I think our players do actually care about Mr. Rivera, Coach Rivera, and I think uh, we're starting to see a united front there, and uh, they fought through. We had a bad uh, game last week against the Giants. Uh, they came out ready to play against the Cowboys. It showed you something. Yeah, I thought it was interesting, the uh, the video of Terry after the game went viral, but uh, it, what I took from it was the idea of preparation. They really felt like they had prepared hard enough to win the Giants game. And frankly, they were a two-point conversion away from doing so. Mm-hmm. And that they had put in the requisite work this week to get the the outcome that they were looking for. And I think you're right. I think you can tell from the coaching. I know Rivera got a, a bum rap early, maybe on some of the mixed messaging. But I think the more that we get to know Coach, the more we realize that he kind of has been telling us all along what the plan was. The first four games, they really felt like they missed out on training camp and this this team needed it it needed the preseason work and games uh, and I think Sunday even against a bad team you could kind of see where all that preparation was leading to yeah I agree I feel like um the lack of preseason definitely hurt our team uh we are a very young team with a new coaching staff and considering all of that we just weren't prepared you know we didn't really know what um, nuts and bolts put our whole team together, what made our machine work, right? Um, we took us about four games, right, between figuring out our left guard position, Wes Martin, figuring out Dwayne Haskins, our quarterback. We had to figure out basically how our team worked against live action. Um, you know, typically in a you know non-COVID world, we would have our team go against and basically work, work against an opponent and kind of get out all the um, – different uh, issues out, right? You kind of work the kinks out. Uh, we didn't necessarily have that. So now we're finally seeing Coach Rivera's vision as a team rolls out. Like, as you know, at the beginning of the year, we rolled out Wes Martin at left guard. We had Haskins at quarterback. 
um, we had uh, different linebacker combinations and all those different combinations weren't working. And now we're starting to see with practice, with um, film study, we're starting to see the true package that should be out on the field. Um, you know, should we be high five like you're mentioning? Probably not. We're still a team up on the rise and still growing, but I think we're going to start seeing a more competent, efficient team over the next couple of weeks. And honestly, that's much better than what we have been seeing over the first month. It was just months ago that it was going to be Dwayne Haskins and Darius guys, you know, leading this team into the future. Uh, how far things have changed in just such a little amount of time is amazing. I, I, uh, Rivera obviously didn't speak today. He had more important matters, and we're glad for Coach about getting his cancer treatments done. But I'd be curious if somebody will ask him this week. I've heard before when the tape is super bad, like Santa loss, a coach will just say, uh, listen, we're just going to throw that out. There's nothing worth taking from that, and we're going to keep on moving. I wonder if you do the same thing in a win like this, how much of this is fool's gold to go back and look at or what you can really take out of this. So I think uh, that's a good point. I think uh, Rivera's strength is team building, right? I think other coaches might be more dynamic with their play calling, like Kyle Shanahan, like Sean McVay, uh, like Doug Peterson, even in Philadelphia. There are great coaches that have great offensive schemes or even defensive schemes. I think Rivera's strength is a leader of men. And I do think that he um, he would be one to throw out like bad film, like, hey, guys, that was the, you know, that's a mulligan, right? We're going to throw that one out. We're going to move ahead. We're going to improve. We're going to do better. Let's kind of move ahead from this. I do think that he will highlight concepts like for knowing Rivera, knowing what I think he would do. I feel like he would take a day or two to celebrate this victory and then be like, all right, guys, on to the next one. Lunch pill mentality. We have to go on to our next game. And, you know, we played a bad team. They were struggling. This wasn't Dallas at full capacity. Their offensive line was in shambles. Um, they didn't have their, you know, true quarterback. We knocked out Andy Dalton in the fourth quarter. So it was like a beaten down Cowboys team. I think deep down inside, Washington knows that. But I do think Rivera's ultimate goal, maybe not week six or seven where we are right now, but at the end of the year, having a killer mentality and a work mentality. I think – I know people don't like the aggressiveness on fourth downs and going for two, but I like it. I think we were trying to – like he's showing that, hey, guys, if you are putting in the work and are showing us something, I want to invest in you. I want you guys to go over the top and, you know, make a play, make a win for us. And I think that's what he's trying to do. So I have it there. I, I agree with you completely. And uh, I like it. We haven't had that kind of attitude around here in a while. I'd be curious to know some of the guys. We really haven't gotten a firm grasp of what the power structure is. I mean, we do. Ron oversees everything. But I'd, I'd be curious to know if Cornelius Lucas and the Logan Thomases, if those are guys that – or if that's Kyle Smith and, and a board that he's put together, I'd be interested to know that because they found some guys that they're kind of high on based off potential. Now, I agree with you there. And I actually wrote an article for SI.com about this about a week ago. I mean, I was being a little bit critical of the um, front office structure. I didn't know what the vision was. Like, um, for me, Logan Thomas is just now showing you what he can produce. Um, I honestly thought going into the season, we should have invested more in the tight end position. Um, I know Hunter Henry was available. I know um, the Austin Hooper was available. Greg Olson was available. There were established veterans that we could have reached out to and put on our team. Um, I think uh, – 
I, I think they're starting to prove me wrong now. I start, I'm starting to see Logan Thomas develop into something. Um, maybe, you know, I don't know what was holding him back before. Was it the scheme, the play calling? Was it Haskins' accuracy? Um, but I know Logan Thomas started off disappointing, but he's warming up now. He had, had a great game last week. He's starting to shine this week, like, you know, catching some 50-50 balls and trucking people and falling forward. And um, it's, it's, it's a blessing to see. Um, Cornelius Lucas, um, by all accounts, talking to people that I know um, that were at training camp, he was a pretty scary, actually. He wasn't a great addition. Um, he was a turnstile during training camp, and that definitely concerned me. But, um, you know, one thing that we do have to hold in high regard with Lucas this Sunday is we did not notice him, which is a good thing, all things considering, right? He wasn't an eyesore. He wasn't a liability. Absolutely. He, he held his own. And that's something that we can take away from and be happy moving forward. So that's a good thing with Lucas. And, um, you know, you have, we have to give Kyle Smith props on Antonio Gibson. How great is he looking, right? So I'm pretty happy with that. Absolutely. And I didn't realize until hearing more and more running backs talk about it, just what that transition is from receiver to running back. I think as, as fans that watch, sometimes we just assume you mm-hmm. hand the ball off and go. And not at all. You're sitting there waiting for the holes to develop in a way that a guy is not just used to seeing if he's just catching routes. Because I think he ran more routes than he got handoffs last year Mm -hmm. in Memphis, if I'm not mistaken. But you can definitely see what they are trying to do there with the short, quick receiving backs. You got a little bit better idea of what that was yesterday. Uh, Real quick, too, on your point with Cornelius Lucas, I'm not sure if he'll remain there if Geron will get the job back when he's healthy. But uh, yesterday, uh, you can say a lot of things about Dallas, but the edge rushers, Mm -hmm. they have premier edge rushers. uh, And I think thought they did an outstanding job yesterday of neutralizing those guys. Yeah, I'm a big fan for them, too. I I actually just posted on Twitter a couple minutes ago before I jumped on. Um, I love Moses. uh, Sorry, Moses, excuse me. Um, He... uh, you know, he's got a lot of a uh, bad rap on Twitter and social media. And I know the false starts and the holding penalties. Definitely, if you want to pull your hair out, you definitely get frustrated with it. But um, I hold in high regard durability and I hold in high regard leadership. And he basically has played injured over the past couple of years. He's been down. He's been, you know, he's been playing at less than 100%. And he's doing what he can. He's doing what he, he's doing what he needs to do. Um, I know that I think it was his first year, first or second year. He's like one of the top rated right tackles out there. He was a good, steady presence on our offensive line. And then now that he's dropped weight and now that he's healthy again, he's having a great year. So um, you can't hold that against him. Um, he's a good person in all regards. He's a good team player. He's a, he's a, you know, going back to Scott McLuhan's like rating system, he wouldn't be a blue chip, like a, like a elite prospect. He's probably a red, a solid starter for us. And I'll take that. I feel like it was unwarranted, all the bad things that were thrown his way over the years. So I'm happy to see the revival of Morgan Moses. Yeah, big Moses, a warrior. You can't knock him. He starts every game. It's it's pretty impressive how he does that. Talking about guys that are blue chip oh players, God, you can't so great, stop right? Terry, can you? That guy's amazing. So, you know, going into any, any given game, Terry McLaurin is going to be double teamed. He's going to be the focal point of the defense. And, um, you know, it was great. He basically – he has always produces. He's a steady presence. Um, he's proven to be quarterback-proof too, right? Like we had Dwayne Haskins week one. Uh, we had, you know, turnstile with a whole bunch of different quarterbacks last year. Uh, we have Kyle Allen now. He just simply produces. And um, just a testament to his hard work. Like that guy is just a 
good person, good character person. Um, he works hard. He's a good leader. He's mature beyond his years. And um, it's just a lot of fun to watch. And um, the thing I like about him, and I think is very translatable to, you know, to the future, is he's a great route runner and he's great at yards after catch. And you can't – that's fantastic. Like You can always – you can make a living in the NFL doing that for years and years, and that's what he is. He's a craftsman. He's a hard worker, and um, that's something to build upon. And um, I love it. Um, I'm trying to think – the, the one play against Trayvon Diggs is I was going viral today on social media. It made me so happy. So I'm sure, you know, Doug, but basically it was like Trayvon Diggs was talking trash to him and pushed him in the face. And basically was like, you know, you know, you can't do this. You can't do that. Next play, Terry McLaurin is with a little juke step, beats him a 52 yard touchdown and scores. And it was like, that's awesome. Like he did, he has that dog in him that we need, we, you know, kind of Pierre Garcon had that. And I missed that for a couple of years. And it's nice having that back with our wide receivers again. Yeah, he smoked him down the sideline there. I would have been interested to know what he said because you you all usually exactly. see Terry get all worked up like that. Uh, it was it was great to see. Where where do you stand um, on I Kyle Allen? Okay, I think uh, so. Let me take a step back. Um, my, going into this year, my vision was Dwayne Haskins gets at least eight games, hopefully the entire season. That's what I really wanted from Haskins. Um, I felt like you truly have to give him a fair assessment. You have to have him develop. You have to basically see what you got before you move on. Um, I think um, he, not to criticize Haskins, I know it's very polarizing on Twitter. I feel like he did limit our offense. I feel like he he struggled to process quickly enough. Like he could process, but it was like a tick too slow. And it would basically either create a sack or be a step behind him on the throw, or it also would be an issue and our offense wouldn't be working on all cylinders. Um, I think Kyle Allen had a learning curve. Um, remember, he's a young guy, too. Uh, he was coming off the bench, and um, he struggled the first couple games. But I think he's a serviceable quarterback. Um, I don't think uh, he should be our long-term solution. Like I'd be disappointed if we don't invest in a new quarterback for next season. But, you know, for this year, other team comes together. Um, he does know the offense uh, better than everyone else. Um, he does know how to run our offense. Um, looking at um, some next-gen stats, I'm actually on pro football reference right now. Uh, Dwayne Haskins had a bad throw percentage of 24.3% of his throws. So pretty much one out of four throws Haskins threw out there was inaccurate and hard for his receivers to catch. While Kyle Allen so far, limited time, three games compared to Haskins is four. So it is pretty com comparable actually is 6.6%. So 6.6, which is drastically lower than what Haskins did. Um, you know, critics can say there have been short-term throws and, you know, behind the line of scrimmage, but Kyle, Kyle Allen is giving a better ball to his receivers. And in regard to pressure rates, it might be Brennan Sheriff coming back at the right guard position, but um, Kyle Allen is throwing – he's only being pressured 18.9% of his throws, a little bit less than Hassan, which was 23. So maybe he's getting the ball out quicker. Maybe he just knows the offense a little bit faster so he can get rid of it quicker, but – um, you know, Kyle Allen is serviceable. Um, he's doing what he needs to do, and I always root for the underdogs. So the fact that he, you know, is putting his neck out there and diving and getting those extra yards, I'm all about that. If he's if he's going to fight for my team, I'm going to support him. So that's why I'm not with Allen. It, it's interesting. We've seen that around here with other quarterbacks, where just a change in the quarterback can totally uh, advance the way the offensive line plays. Now, I, I do think, to your point, you get 75 back 
I think Schweitzer has played much better at the uh, at the left guard spot. Do, do you think they've got games against, I was looking at the next four, are Giants, Bengal, Lions, Bengals, and Cowboys. Do you think they'll be buyers or sellers at the trade deadline? I, I know generally in football there aren't major moves. Uh, but do you think they'll be I don't active think so. I think Ron Rivera has more of like a long-term like plan or vision, or so he said. That, that's, that was the impression that I got going into the offseason. I mean, uh, social media and people that you talk to can say different things now, you know, trying to win now with the division, so on and so forth. But I think ultimately, I'd say 80% of his mentality is he wants to invest for the future. So I don't see him um, giving away draft picks for a starter here or there. I don't see that happening. Um, in regard to selling, um, we only – I don't want to criticize the team too much, but we only have a few chips that are actually marketable, to be honest with you. And I think those marketable chips are people that we want to keep. Um, Sheriff is somebody that's going to be a foundational piece for us. Um, Ryan Kerrigan, I know he's on the last year of his contract, but um, by all accounts, Ryan Kerrigan wants to stay in Washington. He's a D.C. guy. You know, you see him at the Caps games and the Wizards games, and he has a home and a young child. I don't see him wanting to uproot himself. So I can see Kerrigan kind of taking a discount next year and staying in D.C. Um, you know, we're not going to trade away, you know, Payne or Allen or anybody like that. Those are our foundational pieces. So I don't see us being sellers. Um, if anything, I could see us possibly finding a replacement for Landon Collins. Um, Doug, as you know, Collins towards Achilles uh, last um, yesterday in our game against the Cowboys. So um, we need a replacement. It might not necessarily be a buy. It might be a free agent, like supermarket, flea market kind of thing. Um, you know, perusing for Eric Reed or yeah. um, who is that? Uh, Kevin Coleman that we used to have for the Panthers. Or um, we're not going to do this. Baha Clinton Dix is also available in free agency. We might dip into that well and bring somebody in to kind of replace, um, you know, replace Collins there. But I don't see us being major shakers and movers on the um, buying and selling market here. Uh, George, it's interesting that you brought up Eric Reed because the coach was asked about that a couple of weeks ago. Of course, at that point, Collins wasn't hurt. His response was, and this uh, loosely paraphrased, but we don't need mm -hmm. Eric Reed because we have Landon Collins. If Landon Collins wasn't mm -hmm. available, then we'd consider Eric Reed. But I would assume that Cameron Curl has done enough to just move into that spot and keep the job. He's I been love Cameron Curl. I don't so know how you feel year. about him, Doug, but I like him a lot. Um, he is definitely impressing me. Um, the only concern about him moving to full-time strong safety is I feel like he did a great job of being flexible, like a movable piece. I'm afraid to take that away from him. Um, if you watch the film, he plays very close to the line. He covers slot receivers. They use him as a blitzer. And I know that's predominantly the role of a strong safety position anyway, but I'm not sure how he would play as a cover two drop back safety where you're trying to cover these deeper throws. I'm not saying he can't do it, but I said taking away a strength of his, I have no idea. So, um, you know, between DeShazer, Everett, um, Apke, and Curl, we do have three able bodies that could play safety, but I don't see it as, you know, it wouldn't hurt to add another person back there to kind of add another wrinkle to the mix. And, um, you know, if Curl's ready, you know, more power to him. I'm going to support that. Um, but my one concern is that he does – he's like a movable piece on defense, and I don't want to take away a strength of somebody. So we'll see how that goes. 
And I, I personally owe Shays an apology because I, I didn't think he had it in him to play free safety. But, boy, they played a lot of cover one, and he looked great. Uh, Shades is a, he's a hard worker, man. He's basically one of those guys you don't necessarily look to and, like, you know, give him a thumbs up. He doesn't get all the accolades, but uh, he's an awesome special teamer. Uh, he's a captain of the special teams. Uh, he's a great run-fit safety. And he had put his nose in his freaking his crushing people yesterday. Um, I, do, I am concerned long-term of him at, at the free safety position. I do think he's a good – He's great at what he does. He's a reserve player. He's a great special teams player. Um, but, you know, we'll see how it plays out. I would love to see him develop into somebody because, you know, hard work pays off, and I, I appreciate people like that. I think I saw that Galladay and C.D. Lamb both went catchless yesterday. Uh, in the apology category, I was too low on Ronald. He has Darby. been. He's I think the defensive backs all together. I'm very happy with them. Um, you know, on the record, you know, you take a look at my articles. I was critical of some of our defensive backs. Um, you know, I was worried. I, I knew um, Kenneth Fuller would be good. I was always concerned about Moreau. I was concerned about Darby. But Darby hasn't playing well. Um, you know, maybe it just uh, a new change of scenery. Maybe it's Del Rio's coaching. Um, I think Calvin Harris, our defensive backs coach, is a former defensive backs coach, so he uh, maybe he's instilling some knowledge and kind of coaching Darby up. Um, one of Darby's biggest criticisms in Philadelphia was he would be eyeing the quarterback too often. He basically would always be trying to bait and try to intercept the ball, and basically leaving his um, you know leaving his wide receiver gone, be giving them too much of a gap. So maybe Darby's playing more disciplined. I have to watch the film, but I am happy with that. And um, I love the people's corner. I love Jimmy Moreland, man. He uh, He's been playing well. He's got a couple of picks this year, and uh, I love the fact that you see him watch every game. Number twenty, you, you, I used to I used to think it was Cole. I used to think it was Collins at first, like you know, coming in is hitting you know in the backfield, but it's more small guys basically laying the lumber. So I love that. Right. That correct me if I'm wrong. That's the I saw that. Past it's unbelievable. You know, you know, right? so we're doing pretty well. Uh, number 55 came back. He's got a lot of speed. They're high on him. Uh, well, we've seen more three yeah, linebacker looks. So since I've he's always been back. high on Cole Holcomb. Uh, he's had a you know great height, height, weight, speed product, as you mentioned before. Um, you know, he didn't play the first couple of games because he was injured. Um, I forget the type of injury off the top of my head now, but um, something that lingered. It was like a, I think it was a soft tissue or something like that. But now he's back and he had a hell of a game yesterday. Um, you know, he had what one sack. He blew up Ezekiel Elliott on a blitz, which was fantastic, and just you know knocked him back there. I um, made a tackle for a loss, a pass defense, and two QB hits, and um, the guy was everywhere. So um, he's a type of guy that you want to develop. Um, he's somebody that's is a known um, study, you know, study book nerd kind of guy. Uh, that was known in North Carolina, um, and I think him and John Bostic together are clicking and connecting. Because um, John Bostic is also known for being a bookworm as well. So John Bostic, Cole Holcomb, sitting together, learning together. Um, and this is what Holcomb's supposed to be. He's supposed to be more of a pass coverage guy because he has that speed. Um, he's bringing that blitz. And I just think the, the game's slowing down for him his sophomore, his sophomore season. When is Steven Sims eligible to return, do you know? Because I love Sims. Sims is like a... Going into the yeah. year, I expected like heavy duty workload for him, but um, he's had a slow, slow start to the year. 
Uh, it's tough for those speed guys when they get the toe nicked <laughs> up. I don't, I don't know what it is about the toe, the I big toe there. Athlete, those, so I have no idea. Sorry about that. Um, yeah. I have me and you both. Uh, George, when it comes time, are you in the giving um, share I think 15 we should. million? I think we have a lot of money um, to spend. We need a building block player. Um, I've been critical on Sheriff as well. I think he he's teetering on the brink of like a red and a blue. I don't think he is top five right guard like many people pro, like you know proclaim in our DC area. Um, I think he's a pretty stout pass to pass blocker. He's elite on like poles and running downfield and just blowing people up. Like he's the kind of guy that has like foaming of the mouth and wants to light up a quarterback coming around. And that's where I give him credit. He's a great run blocker. Um, I think he is, we don't need to add more holes to our offensive line. We need to basically try to clean things up, to be honest with you. Um, if we solidify and keep Sheriff, if we have him there, continue with Moses, hopefully Charles develops over the next year. We have another, we have three out of the five linemen that are coming together and, you know, pick one up on the draft, pick up an elite left tackle if possible, or, you know, a left guard, depending on what Charles uh, amounts to be. And I'd like to keep Sheriff. And um, the question is, I think people kind of overlook this, is does he want to be here? Like, I know Washington has reached out to Sheriff on numerous occasions and tried to offer him, like, in his opinion, lower deals. But I think Sheriff really wanted to take a wait-and-see approach. Like, you know, he he's a Midwestern guy. He's from Iowa. He, you know, loves to hunt. He likes to be out by the lakes, be out in the fields. Um, he got drafted by an East Coast team, a very political D.C. team. And, um, you know, he hasn't seen a lot of success. Like, he is not attached here. He was chosen to come here. And, you know, from what I understand, Washington has reached out to him, but he was reluctant to sign a long-term contract. And I think it's natural, having a new coach with Rivera. Why was, why was he – what would be his advantage to commit for five more years and not knowing the coaching staff or, you know, Scott Turner's offense and how it played out. So we'll see if he buys into Rivera, if he buys into Turner, is he willing to play ball during free agency. Uh, we'll see how it goes, but um, I think I want Sheriff. Do you think it's frustrating for the players to get a big win like that and then have to take your bye week? I do think, think they that, actually. I, do. I, think, uh, going. I think they're kind of hungry now. Um, you know, it's always hard to have that revisionist history, but, you know, we played the Giants. We played them tough. It was kind of ugly at times, but I don't want to say this because I don't want to get people hyped up. But we were a two-point conversion away from being three and four, almost 500 and first in our division. We were actually – I know it sounds bad to say, but we're close, right? There's been times where we've looked awful this season. I'm not going to lie about that. But we are we are starting to develop into something, something respectable and efficient. And it would have been kind of nice to kind of come back. You know, I think our next game is, is against the Giants, I believe. It would have been kind of nice to kind of have a, um, like, you know, kind of a revenge game, right? Yep. Like, you know, we, we beat the Cowboys. We should have beat you the first time. It's, it's time for a reckoning. Come back and basically send a message there. So that would have been great. So that's something, um, that's something that I'm sure the players are thinking about. But at the same time, you know, having the players take a, an extra week and feel confident, like, hey, we are on the brink of something. Maybe they dig into the books for a week or two and kind of come back fresh. And there's a nice second run, you know, second half of the year. Okay, last one for you, George. We've got games coming up against the Giants, the Lions, the Bengals, mm -hmm. and then back to the Cowboys for Thanksgiving. 
What do you think the record will be uh, when we're eating All right, turkey so maybe on I'm kind of getting bullish, but I think we can pull out two of the three of those games, right? So I think going into um, the Cowboys game, we would be four and six, and it's going to start looking kind of interesting, right? Like, I think if we hover around 500, we'll be in the middle of that NFC East race. I think we can, uh, you know, and that's also a confidence builder as well because we aren't going to be lobbying for this first and second pick. We're not going to be the laughing stack of the league if we can actually put things together. Um, I envision us basically beating the Giants. I think, um, you know, I think the Giants aren't that much better than us where they're going to sweep us for two games. It's not going to happen. Um, the Lions are a toss-up, right? Matt Stafford could come out and basically blow, blow the doors off our game, but he could, also, he could also throw a costly interception. Like, I'm not scared of the um, Lions. And um, the Bengals are right there with us. The Bengals are, uh, you know, Joe Mixon, Joe Burrow. Uh, you know, they have an offense, but they're not, you know, they, they selected first overall for a reason, so they're not unbeatable. Um, if you're going to, you know, make me write it down now, I'd say we beat the Giants, we lose to the Lions, we beat the Bengals going into a, a very interesting Cowboys game on Thanksgiving. Sounds great. George, what um, you got so, coming yeah, up? You know, Anything you on the uh, sites? Um, I write for SI.com. Um, I'm actually considering writing an article to give Ron Rivera patience. Um, I do think that um, he's kind of had a bad rap. I know that the whole thing with the whole mixed messages have been part of what the narrative in D.C. for the past week or two, but – I do think there's a human element we should uh, consider with Rivera going through cancer, going through everything that's going on. Um, you know, I've been a Washington fan for 35 years. I'm 37. And, you know, as soon as I was born, my brothers gave me shirts and, you know, kind of pushed me that direction. It's been a mess for years and you can't clean up everything in a month. Right. So we should give Rivera patience. That's something that's coming down the pike for me. And um, also look out for my enemy intels. I typically do a weekly preview of the upcoming game. So, um, we don't have an upcoming game this week, but I might do something like a reflection of the first half of the year so far or something like that. So keep an eye out for that. We'll look forward to it. George, thank you so much thank for coming on. Thanks, guys. George Carby, everybody.